You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Luke Hector from The Broken Meeple on another podcast episode. And this one's probably going to be more of a a casual chat podcast more than anything else. uh, Because frankly, most of the main topics are kind of done with for the moment. And next week I'll be going away for a week to uh, visit folks up north as well as take a little break in the Yorkshire Dales to walk up the Free Peaks. So I will certainly try to get a podcast episode uh, recorded and ready to go that next weekend and then the following weekend I'll be back by then so I can do another episode then but yeah I mean maybe what I'll do on that next podcast is no I won't be able to do walks because I won't have done them by then oh well me trying to plan everything so yeah recently it's been all go at the moment I mean the last week has been pretty hectic with those streams that I did for eRaptor they are now all done I have some folded space inserts coming in the near future but I suspect I only need to do videos on two of them So those will just come as and when. But I can now focus a bit more on certain things I really want to get done with the show. And that includes not only getting to grips with some different video content, like some variations on the reviews, a call to action for content uh, contributors, and also just more like reviews and videos in general, but also getting on with my top 100, which I really need to start doing. I'm almost done updating my ratings on BoardGameGeek, so then I need to go on PubMeeple and use their ranking engine to get the top 100 done. And then I need to compile it, make a list, my spreadsheet as normal, and then find a way that I'm going to explain it all, which... I'm still undecided. I could live stream it, but I don't know because live streams don't get as many views as normal videos. So I may still just do it in video form, but I'm definitely not going to do, shall we say, 10 videos, 10 at a time, and then do them like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I can, but the problem is when I did 10 videos of 10 items last year and a year before, it was hectic. I mean, even with COVID, it will still be a pain trying to get that done during August because I do have some plans on the go. So maybe I'll try and work through them a bit quicker and maybe do 20 at a time, 25 at a time, you know, speed through them rather than take forever on each number because most people sort of tune in at the last 50, shall we say, rather than the bottom 50. But, you know, I'm still going to be thinking about that. I'll certainly be interested to hear your thoughts if you want to put them in the YouTube comments to tell me more about this. But yeah, all in all, it should be pretty sweet. But I will definitely be going on to doing my BGG Top 100 at some point soon. That's going to be a a live stream event. Basically, what I will do is I will go through BoardGameGeek, the website, the big old database, go into their Top 100 and browse and basically say what I think of their various games. Now, I know a couple of people have done this before. I essentially want to do this and give my thoughts on it and I reckon that plenty of you will sort of shout at me for games that are like how dare you rip on these games but then some of you will agree with me and I'm basically gonna just say oh I don't agree with this in terms of rankings and everything but there's a lot of interesting games on there a lot of solid titles and I would say I have played 90% of them without 
a shadow of a doubt. So this should be pretty interesting once I get around to doing it. And I'll probably do two streams for that. One for the bottom 50 and one for the top 50. So feel free to tune into that. If you have not subscribed on my YouTube channel, then click the bell to get notifications on when those streams are going to be. Or you can just check my social media. In terms of how I've been coping generally, uh, well, like I say, the holiday is going to be good because I have been... Ooh, wasted work-wise. I mean, work has really run me to the bone lately because we're so far behind thanks to reduced hours during the first couple of months. And it's only going to get worse with another colleague going on paternity leave soon. It's like, oh, great. You know, just what we need. But I've been sort of keeping sane recently because in the UK, lockdown has eased to the extent where we can now have massages, which is good because now I can now see my fortnightly uh, massage lady who does a good number on my back and it's just nice and relaxing and stress relief the gyms have now opened up so i can book swimming slots and go to the gym which i've already done a few times i wish i was going to have time today but i think after i'm done with this podcast and editing it i might have to just forego exercise in general today because i need to cook dinner and be ready for an evening of stellaris later more on that in a minute but you know, the the gym has been great. It's my primary form of exercise. It is my primary form of stress relief. And to have it back is just glorious. Thank you. Please do not have a second wave and cause them to be shut because I will probably go mad at that point. And of course, I can go back to Dice Portsmouth every now and again and play games. Uh, you know, they are open. They're taking good measures. I go there every Wednesday evening now. I'm trying to go there more often each week. And even better, in the UK, we've got this uh, help to eat by eating out scheme or whatever it's called and basically you get a discount of 50% on food and drink non-alcoholic providing it's up to a maximum of 10 quid and you go on certain days and times but this includes for me Tuesday and Wednesday evenings at the Dice Cafe so I can basically get 10 quid off whatever food and drink I purchase providing I resist buying cider that's perfectly fine by me I will grab one of their best sandwiches a turkey pesto and tomato sandwich and also uh, buy you know buy teas and coffees sorted and i can get 10 pound off on courtesy of the government it might be the first thing they've ever done right but yeah definitely should be pretty sweet so life is kind of returning to normal slowly but it's still far from what i would like because even though i've got plenty of solo activities to keep me sane at the moment there is still the issue that a lot of people i know just aren't willing to go out they're still being cautious and they're still taking it easy they don't want people around and that's fair enough if that's what they want to do that's what they want to do but oh when's it gonna end there are a lot of people i i've seen some friends recently but there are other friends i want to see i want to see people i know for games and i only get to see the same few people for games at the cafe at the moment because most of them still don't want to venture outside it's you know, I can't force them to. It's what they want to do. So it's not something I am going to do. But I just, I'm more lax on the subject than they are. So I'm taking precautions, but I'm still living my life uh, rather than staying in all day. I've had enough of that over the last few months. Other than that, I've kept up with some interesting TV and video games lately. I've just finished binge watching uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. You can check out my Facebook page if you want to know more about my thoughts on that long-winded. But TLDR, fantastic series, fantastic animated series. The film is a catastrophe in comparison. In fact, the film is just a catastrophe in its own right. But yeah, the series is brilliant. Loved it. So definitely was worth watching 60 episodes of that recently. Now maybe I need to go find another series or maybe go back to some Studio Ghibli movies. I still have yet to watch Pom, Poco, whatever it's called, and Arietti. And I just recently heard the uh, what's this, the theme song to Arietti. Uh, what's it called? Um, My Little Home 
or My Home Below or something like that. It's, it's a nice little tune on the harp, and it's so nice, such a nice little tune. I heard it and just thought, right, you're the next film I'm watching. Uh, video game-wise, I've been enjoying various things. Uh, me and my friends still meet up uh, once a week for Don't Starve Together nights, so we meet up as a group, try and survive the, the ways of the constant. Uh, if you've not played that game, it's a great one to play with friends. I also now play Frostpunk. Uh, we've got the board game version of coming to that soon. It'll be a Kickstarter in September, I believe. But yeah, if the board game's anything as good as the PC game, that's going to be sweet. It's basically like a, you know, it's the same company as this war of mine, I think. And it's still got that sort of grim, gritty realism to it. But it's basically a city builder in frozen wastelands. It's really sweet. And Stellaris is the big strategic game I'm into at the moment, which is a huge sci-fi complex strategic game of building up a space empire, committing wars, doing diplomacy, economy and that. And I don't normally go for these, but this one just seems to have grabbed me. And I think it's the sci-fi theme because I never really got into EVE Online. But this one, some friends have tried it. I watched some tutorial videos. I still don't understand half of the game, but it's good fun. And in fact, the reason why I probably won't get time for exercise today is because once I'm done editing this, I need to go back and you know go and get some food, but I also need to meet up for some Stellaris later. So maybe I can show you on the page exactly what I'm talking about here. It's basically by Paradox Interactive. And uh, let's see, come on enough with the cookies why is it always got to be cookies but yeah so you got two different editions it's got lots of dlc it's a very like very gorgeous looking game in terms of like oh some of the artwork and that in there and i wouldn't be surprised if you could do a stellaris board game really but you can certainly check it out on steam if you want to try it but be warned it is a steep learning curve and the inbuilt tutorial is pretty naff you need to rely on youtube videos really but failing that, look at Don't Starve Together and Frostpunk, which will be pretty sweet. Now, in terms of Kickstarter, I recently purchased Perseverance. So I did go through with that. I have bought it, Dino Miniatures, a deluxe version. We'll wait for the pledge manager on that. However, I opted out of Dead Reckoning. I actually cancelled my pledge because, I mean, maybe you could convince me to make a late pledge, but I don't know. The problem is... I am paying less for Perseverance than I am paying for Dead Reckoning with the all-in thing they did. They basically pulled a fast one by moving a bunch of stuff into an all-in pledge and yet charging you full MSRP for the second expansion, which is just a bunch of cards. But I hate it when games like this do little expansions of cards and say, oh yeah, pay us more money, you'll get more value. And it's like, well, no, why aren't those cards in the base game? You know, you want your game to have as much variety as possible. So why don't you put those expansions in the base game but sadly they pulled this fast one and it was talking like 150 plus dollars plus shipping just to get like a card game i love card crafting and dead reckoning might be sweet but i'm not that big on the pirate theme i will probably love it when i play it but i've got edge of darkness and mystic veil complete on the shelf and i just think you know what I'm happy with those two. If I don't get to play Dead Reckoning, I don't get to play it. You can't play every single game. I need to be a little bit more careful with my Kickstarter purchases. And this one was one of those occasions where I thought, you know what? The value just wasn't there. So I decided to cancel it. I mean, what was it? Uh, I was originally paying $109 for a legendary captain pledge. And that wouldn't include certain like things I was interested in. But to get the all gameplay pledge would have been pledge would have still cost me $139. So in our money, that's still a good 120 odd quid. Bear in mind the pound is so low at the moment. And all in $179 for a card game. I just 
And yes, it's got a big ship and you roll cubes down it and it looks pretty sweet. I mean, maybe you can convince me to get the late pledge, but I just don't see it. I just think, you know, and the fact that it's forcing you to do it because you know there's not going to be a retail version. I think I'll just take my chances and hope that somebody doesn't try to scalp me with a secondhand copy. But if I don't get to play it, I don't get to play it. That's the way it is. I mean, games that aren't available on retail, you can only have so much uh, like sympathy for because frankly, it's, well, you're trying to sell me a game purely because I can't get it afterwards. So that doesn't doesn't seem fair. Okay. So what have I got in terms of reviews coming up soon? Well, I've only got a few games on, although I may have to put some views on Patreon to say, all right, what reviews would you like me to do? Because if you're going to get me to review anything, it's probably going to have to be stuff that I've already got in my collection. So it's like not new games. But I do have a couple of new titles to look at, uh, courtesy of Asmodee. They have sent me a couple of Deckscape uh, decks, uh, Heist in Venus, Venus? Heist in Venice, that's a very different story, and a Road to El Dorado one. So I'm going to be playing those probably on my holiday. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the Yorkshire Dales, I'll have eaten in the evening, probably trying to get as much of the discount as possible. But then I won't have much to do in the evening, so I'll probably do a live Q&A during my holiday away so i'll take my laptop with me take a microphone and just set my laptop up in the hotel room and see how that does although i can't guarantee that will happen we'll just have to see what i can take with me and what i can set up but i can certainly play some deckscape while i'm there some solo um, escape room stuff easy and then i'll do a review on those two like as a collective basically but i also have ticket to ride amsterdam so this lovely little thing here I'm not going to do a separate review of Ticket to Ride Amsterdam. It's too small. It just doesn't warrant a video in its own right. But what I am going to do is I am going to do a video, which I've already recorded. I just need to edit it now and get some B-roll footage, is a comparison of all three of the little box Ticket to Rides because they are mostly the same, but there are some aesthetic and point scoring differences with these. And so I figured a video where I talk about those differences is probably more useful than me doing a single review on Ticket to Ride Amsterdam. That being said, the TLDR version of this so far is that it is still an entertaining Ticket to Ride game. It's the same deal. Collect your sets of cards, play them, claim the routes on the board. The main difference here is aesthetics. We're talking historical Amsterdam. So the board looks like an Amsterdam map. You cannot pronounce any of the names on that board. I have tried and I will fail. I think the only name on there I can pronounce right is Dam, D-A-M. And knowing my luck, it's probably pronounced Dame or something weird when it turns when it's said by the Dutch. So that's probably still wrong. But the rest of it, you will never be able to pronounce. Apart from that, it looks good color-wise, and the only point scoring difference is when you cover up routes with a cart symbol on there, you pick up a merchandise card, which is basically majority holding scoring at the end of the game. You might as well call it share certificates, it's effectively the same thing, but it does well. It does fine, but you'll have to wait and see for my video comparison tool, where I will rank each of the three like in terms of my ratings and also tell you in my opinion which is the best one but you know there's still plenty to go on there so yeah you can look forward to that in the future on top of that i will soon this wednesday be releasing the first part of a free part series which i don't know how regularly i'll air them it may be once each wednesday or i might do a couple in a week maybe i might save a couple for the week i'm away because of trying to get content out but we'll see and that is going to be the board game glossary. So 
The Board Game Glossary is where I'm going to talk about different terms, so types of board games, types of mechanics, types of gamers, where we as content creators tend to throw these terms around willy-nilly all the time, and we don't think hard about what it is we're doing in terms of you know, explaining to new people. It's like, well, you know, what do you mean by worker placement? What do you mean by analysis paralysis? What's a tableau? And so I'm hoping that my videos will be a good reference aid for new gamers. So by all means, wait and see for those. The streams, yeah, the streams have been doing all right, but they're not as big on views. But then that is kind of to be expected because one, streams don't get that many views. And secondly, they were reboxings of the E-Raptor inserts, which I wasn't expecting to get a lot of views for anyway. I know I've moaned on a bit thinking, oh, I don't know why is no one watching this stuff and that, but I kind of know why, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, these videos aren't what everybody loves. And certainly, you know, 10,200 subscribers. I'm in a good place a bit of a drop recently and it's now just had a big rise but you know I'm, I'm putting out other content and i know some people have given me very good constructive feedback on what they like and what they don't so i'm going to take that to heart and i will certainly be putting out more content that i know everybody likes which is the podcast on the sunday basis and also getting back to some review type videos but also top tens there will be a top 10 soon i don't know what topic but i'm going to put the votes out to my Patreon uh, $5 subscribers who get to vote on which top 10 I do out of a list and which particular order and offer their Patreon choices. And so once I get that done, I will put together a top 10 video. But also bear in mind, I need to get on with the top 100. So either way, you're going to be getting a top something. So it'll be pretty sweet either way. Uh, try think there's anything else on that front. Not too much. Oh, actually, no, there, there is one thing. Movers and the Shakers. You remember I talked about this series where I was saying, oh, you know what? I want to talk about games that I've gone in the collection, left the collection, and gone up and down in my ratings. I said I was going to do it as a podcast thing. I've decided to actually move it to video content, but this is going to be kind of like a quick fire, a rapid fire review in a sense. Most of my videos tend to be around 15 minutes long because you need that amount of time to get as much detail in the review as possible as well as the top 100, sorry, top 10. And top 10s tend to be about half an hour. You just have to. You, you can't do a review in five minutes, three minutes, whatever. It just doesn't work. It's an overview, not a review. But with this, what I'm hoping to do is some three to five minute videos, like five minutes absolute max, but hopefully shorter than that. So we're talking rapid fire, you know, you can get in and watch it nice and quick, but that will be the mover and shaker segment. So I've got one recorded at the moment where I talk about my views on how Citadels has evolved for me over the years. And I'm going to release that video or hopefully I need to edit it, but hopefully it will be around the three to four minute mark, five minutes tops. And you should be able to just absorb that nice and quick get something that's kind of online with the shelf by shelf videos I did which I know a lot of people have spoke highly of and yeah that should be a good one to do maybe in addition to the Wednesday video each week or as a substitute or alongside you know alternate it who knows I need to make certain I don't hit burnout that is my trouble sometimes uh, but no that should be pretty sweet now to finish off this podcast, I kind of want to talk a little bit about some news that we've had. And the main news that is hitting the web at the moment is Fantasy Flight Games. Now I haven't really paid attention to Gen Con Online. It's American based, the time zones don't work with me, I've got a lot on this week and this weekend, so I couldn't really fit the time in to work on it. But it 
you know, there's some promising stuff there. But I just wanted to give a slight overview as to what they've announced in the recent month and give my thoughts. So first off, we have a new scenario pack for Marvel Champions the card game. This is a weird one. I mean, I like Marvel Champions. I've already pre-ordered the Hulk and the Red Skull expansion. Unfortunately, I was too late for getting Doctor Strange, so I'm still missing that one from the collection. But there's a new one here called the Once and Future Kang. It's a basically meant to be like another scenario pack, so going up against like a rock-hard, you know, evildoer. I know nothing about Kang. Like, I really know nothing. This is an area of Marvel that I just... I've got no clue about. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It looks like it's got multiple stages where you're in the past and in the future. That seems pretty cool. So maybe it's got a kind of simplified version of Oblivion for Sentinels and the Multiverse feel. But I'm all up for, you know, seeing different things. I mean, there's a T-Rex as one of the minions here, which is quite amusing. But this will be a cool one to do. You know, someone I've never seen before in the MCU or any of the Marvel stuff, to put it that way. And another scenario pack always good but yeah i'm surprised they've gone with this one i mean there are some other heroes and villains i felt they could have done sooner rather than later but oh well never mind there's a bunch of stuff for star wars legion i know nothing about star wars legion so i'm not really going to comment but let's put it this way if you want more units and more heroes in that for the uh sorry for star wars legion then you are in luck you're going to get quite a lot of stuff coming your way but on that front, we also have an up-and-coming expansion for Civilization A New Dawn. Now, I haven't played that game in a while, I must admit, but it's still on my shelf and I still like it overall. I like the card system in it. Well, now we're getting a new expansion with more content, which is effectively allowing us to do like explore new environments, uh, construct a board, different districts, uh, some extra bits to combat, more leaders, more f factions, and some variations of the tech tree card. So it looks like it's kind of just giving us, rather than giving us like more ex like extra mechanics, even though it's got some in there, it's more the fact that, oh yes, I've got more, I mean, it says about a fifth player. I do not care. I have no interest in fifth players, but it does give us more you know, like factions to play and more cards. It's just got more variety. And introducing districts like theater squares, commercial hubs, industrial zones, and the like should be pretty sweet, actually. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how this improves the game. Maybe it's just the kick in the teeth it needs to get it back to the table at some point soon. But I enjoy it. It's a simplified version of the Civilization games. It's not the easiest game in the world to do, and it certainly is more abstracted. But I like it overall. I quite like to... Get it back to the table at some point. But this is Terra Incognita. I'm assuming that's got a relevance somewhere. I like the cover. The cover is really gorgeous. It's got the like Rio de Janeiro, um, was it Christ the Redeemer statue? And it's got uh, frozen mountains in the background, Taj Mahal in the foreground, camelbacks. You know, it's got basically a bunch of famous landmarks all over the picture. But it's this wonderful contrast from yellow to green and rock to frozen mountain. It just looks Really good. I mean, 10 out of 10 just for the board game cover alone. Now, next up we've got... This is a weird one. X-Men Mutant Insurrection. This doesn't look like it's going to be that good. I mean, it's basically a cooperative dice-driven card game. One to six players. And it looks a little bit cheap, really. It's got fairly sort of... It's got colourful and bright artwork, but 
it doesn't look like much and I'm worried that as a dice game it's basically just going to be like a really simplified dice game with not much of a theme like okay yes you can play as various x-men but dice cooperatives so are we just going to be rolling dice and trying to match up symbols and different dice will have different it, it kind of looks like they've merged dice masters with one of their other card games like say maybe like it's star wars destiny but for x-men i'm not digging it so far maybe it'll be cool and i'll probably try it just because it is marvel so i would certainly like to play most marvel themed games but yeah not feeling this one and that seems to be the general consensus at the moment what everybody is going mad for annoyingly is prophecy of kings prophecy of kings is the big expansion to twilight imperium fourth edition it has a great cover i'll give it that but this best price i can see this for pre-order in the uk is 75 pounds best price so likely to be more and then include postage potentially as for an expansion i mean come on how expensive does this need to be and I'm alright with Twilight Imperium. I don't mind it, but I don't love it either. I feel that it's just too long and bloated for what it gives you. I can get a great space feeling out of Empires of the Void 2. That takes me a couple of hours to play. Why does this need to take six hours plus? It's just not worth it. And especially as the majority of the game is basically a couple of people sit back at their bases and turtle and the rest of them all march over to Mechatol Rex or whatever it's called and end up in this massive cluster battle where you can't tell whose unit is what and somebody comes out on top and then eventually somebody flips a card and says oh I win because I got the 10th point. It's it's anticlimactic. I don't know. There, there are problems I have with the game even though I do respect the game for what it is. But yeah, we got a brand new expansion and everybody is going nuts. We have seven new factions that have never been seen in the game. Great. More factions is cool. But to be frank, there was already enough factions in the base set. Do you need that many more? I mean, I know, granted, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing to have more factions. More variety is good. But the problem is when you start throwing in new factions, you got to worry about power balance. And there's a lot of them there. They've also added some new sort of systems and planets and bits like that, you know, basically more of the same. But they've also added ways that you can play Twilight Imperium with up to eight players. You will not be able to pay me to play an eight-player Twilight Imperium free game or four game, whatever, any Twilight Imperium game for that many players. The game takes far too long with six players. It's far too long, like an hour per player. It's just, and sometimes longer, not worth it. I prefer to play Twilight Imperium with, say, four or five players. You know, just have, well, maybe not five. Four is a good number. Four is a decent number. You can get it done in a reasonable amount of time, although you're still probably talking three to four hours, which is still a bit long. But at least that's manageable. Eight players, though, I don't want to play this game for eight players, especially when there's some luck aspects and you know, it, it just seems a bit too much for me, really. But on top of that, I mean, what else are you getting? You're getting... Uh, more leader cards to support your factions you're getting mechs which you can stomp onto the battlefield as ground forces although which is kind of weird because most of it takes place in space so i don't quite know if they really need to give you giant mechs as ground forces because where are you supposed to put them just dump them on the planet i guess but then you've got more objectives technologies promissory notes are we supposed to get a, a, you know excited about promissory notes some relics legendary planets and it does mention that it's kind of like oh you can explore the the regions and find different planets but the problem is they did this in ti3 with an expansion which made you flip over a card to see what type of planet it was and it could be good it could be bad that wasn't a good system 
It was a bad system. It basically gave you a, you know, a, yeah, here we go. First player to take control of a planet, you have the chance to explore that planet. Drawing a card from the appropriate exploration deck. You may find a paradise world that permanently um, increases its influence. But then you might find a volatile fuel source allowing you to use your ground forces to gain another command token. If they put bad cards in here, then it's just going to basically mess up anybody who's unlucky to draw those bad cards. So I hope they don't go down that road like they did last time. But I don't know. This looks cool, but £75. I mean, by the time you buy this and the base game, you are paying over £150 plus, probably more than that, for this one game that you're barely ever going to play because it takes so long to play it. I mean, what? how is anybody playing this during COVID? Who's got six to eight players that they can get together legally during COVID to play this game with? I don't see how you're going to do it. Uh, you have got some more expansions for Star Wars X-Wing. I don't play it. It's a cool game, but um, I'm not exactly that fussed about it. Uh, we've got... Nope, that's just a general release. Uh, some more accessory packs for Star Wars Armada. So, basically, if you're into their Armada, X-Wing, or Legion games, you're going to get more content. I mean, you've even got Clone Wars-era expansions for Star Wars Legion. So, pretty good. And then some more stuff for Legend of the Five Rings. So... Yeah, there's quite a few big things for it, but mainly we are talking Prophecy of Kings. That was the big one that they revealed. Uh, the Civilization New Dawn expansion is pretty big. The X-Men Mutant Insurrection is probably not going to get that much of a, you know, that much of a feel. And I think there was another one as well, a bit earlier than that. Yes, they're, they're bringing in a revised print of an anniversary edition of the Lord of the Rings the co-op game, like the original one, one of the first co-op games that existed. This game is average, though. It's abstracted in every which way but loose. You know, you, you are basically just like flipping over symbols and trying to match them up in order to go along a path. And yeah, it's got some tension and it. it's a decent enough mechanical game, but the theme could be anything. And even then, I'm looking at the components and I'm not exactly wowed by this. Last time they had standees with some artwork on them. They look better than the miniatures that are showing in this picture. Granted, the boards look a little bit better, and I'm sure they'll do pretty nice cards, but I don't know. I can't see this one selling this well when it comes out, though. It may look cool, but I think it's dated. This, this game is dated. There are far better co-op games out there. There's better Lord of the Rings co-op games out there. I've got the LCG and Journeys in Middle-Earth. Why am I going to want to pull out this one, which is basically just an abstract game with the Lord of the Rings mechanic, sorry, the Lord of the Rings theme thrown on it? I just can't, can't see it working personally. But, uh, you know, maybe there'll be an audience for it. Maybe people who have the game and still play it would like to purchase an anniversary edition. But... I don't know. I'll be surprised if this one makes that big a splash. Anyway, we're past 33 minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Just a bit of a quick podcast for this week. Uh, by all means, keep in touch with me on the channel to catch those video streams and other things that I'm doing. There will be a podcast next week. I'll have to think about the topic. I'm not entirely sure what. It will kind of depend on what news there is and what there is to do. But I'll, maybe I'll even just do a couple of reviews of old games that I've got and just say, look, you know what, I'll talk about this type of game. Or maybe I'll do a top five list or a top ten list with a weird topic, you know, something alongside my videos. Because some people do like my top ten lists a lot and I can't always fit them into video form. So maybe I'll do a top ten next week and just talk about a weird topic. Or maybe I'll focus it on a particular publisher or designer. We shall see. 
But until then, I'm going to head off. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to me on YouTube. If you haven't already, please do so by clicking the button and ringing the bell. Check out my Patreon if you like. There's been a few new Patreons lately. Thank you so much to those who have subscribed to it. I'm very grateful. I need to rejig the, the goals on there a bit and maybe get a bit more activity on there. But yep, I'm very glad that you have subscribed and are helping support this channel and the new refresh look it has. And yeah. I'm going to get on and focus on some dinner and maybe decide if I've got time for some exercise. What is it? Quarter past six? No, I've got no time for exercise. I've got an hour and a quarter before I'm due to meet up for Stellaris. And in that time, I have to cook myself dinner, which I've decided is going to be chicken arrabbiata with a bit of extra spice and chilies thrown in for good measure. So that should be pretty sweet. Maybe I'll just have to say I'll make up for it tomorrow and do some exercise. Yeah, I could always go for a swim tomorrow and then I'm probably going to go to the gym on Tuesday. So I'm trying to get to the gym as much as I can because I'm trying to burn off the stomach that I've built up over four months of COVID isolation. You know, jogging can only do so much to help. And I do like my alcohol. So, you know, not like drunk it or anything, but uh, like when I meet for these games online, I drink some cider or like I've got wine still spare in the fridge that I'm going to have for tonight's Stellaris. It's going to be an all-nighter. And when I go to Dice Cafe, I usually drink alcohol, although during August, maybe I'll be a bit more teetotal on that front because of the eat out help scheme or whatever, because that doesn't include alcoholic drinks. So maybe there's room on the horizon. But yeah, I got a bit of a stomach to sort myself out with. So anyway, that's it for now. Take care. Thank you for listening. And remember, as always, it's only a game. Stay safe. Take care of whatever it is you're doing. And I'll see you on the next show.